I'm asking you one more time, Dirk Dog. Where are the bloody diamonds? You talk. Tell me. Or I'll put your head right through this stone wall. I ain't telling you nothing. Well, if you won't talk, I better bring the sergeant. Yeah? Bring him in. Hell, bring all the water deep watching. Bring the black staff in. Because the only confession you're getting out of me is that I wet the bed until the age of 14. You'll tell us where those diamonds... 14? Really? Yeah. You'll talk. They all do in the end. Never. Oh, come on, please. What? No, 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 no. Well, my character needs these diamonds to revivify Theo's character. What on earth is happening? Who's talking to me right now? There's enough left to make a pretty necklace. Oh, diamonds would suit me. There might actually be enough left to make a stolen matching set. Ooh, if only someone knew where they were. Seriously, I, I don't have them. Ah, oh, bugger. All right, well, you're free to go. Finally, enough of this game. I'm going to go get those diamonds and sleep with them and wee on them. <laughs> That's an accurate <laughs> representation of what happens at our D&D &D yeah. games. <laughs> We've actually not played D&D &D together in a long time. We've only played the one session and it yeah, was like in, in lockdown. <laughs> yeah, we just kind of were like, we're really bored. Someone run a one shot. <laughs> yeah. That was essentially what it was. No, yeah. you actually, actually, I remember this. You played a character that had like a Nicolas Cage... <laughs> vibe about it. I played him. a sorcerer with no social awareness. I like I had intentionally made my wisdom like six and my <laughs> intelligence like fifteen or something. And so he would like walk into a room and he could like, you know, speak like ten languages and stuff. But he'd walk right up to someone and go like Hi, uh, is is has someone been involved in a in a murder here? And like, oh my like, god, was that Nicholas yeah, Cage? <laughs> Nicholas Cage, the socially awkward <laughs> hero. Um, Can't remember his name, but it was great. Garrett Gage, Clinton Flaverandover. You remember? That's amazing. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Get Commanded podcast. Not a D and D podcast, believe it or not. It's the GCP brought to you by POG Palms Off Gaming, sponsor of this podcast. Put that thing back where it came from. Also, help me. I'm your host, Walt. Also, help me. Yeah. Hello, Commander players. I'm the guy that was 26 years old when he realized banoffee pie is called banoffee pie because its main two ingredients are <laughs> banana and toffee, and it's not called banoffee after some person or place. James. Or maybe banana and toffee were named after banoffee. Yeah, someone had a banoffee pie in half. and like split the atom and realized <laughs> bananas and oh, toffee can exist. We can we can grow a tree from half this pie. Um, <laughs> Seriously though, banoffee pie, I favorite dessert. I don't even know. I've never heard of banoffee pie before. It's incredibly English. I know. Right, like okay. actually, funnily enough, one of the um, listeners uh, out there might actually remember the exact moment I realized this because it was when I was in England um, just last year oh. and I was at his house <laughs> and, and we had banoffee pie. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it clicked in my brain and I was like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I love when the brain comes to conclusions about things that are like so much simpler than what yeah. we think. Um, anyway, we we are not hosting a D and D podcast or a Banoffee Pie podcast. We play Commander, uh, and the best way to watch us play Commander is over on Twitch.tv slash Get Commanded. Uh, as of the time this episode comes out, about oh, two weeks ago. Roughly? Yeah, two weeks ago when this episode. Yeah, comes out, we yeah. Uh, we were streaming the uh, Dockside Debacle Three CH tournament. That was a blast. But we're itching for some casual Commander. That's yeah, what, what we mostly host this podcast for, and it's our favorite way to play. By and, the time uh, this episode comes out, we should actually have a schedule of uh, upcoming streams for the month yeah. of March um, and like early April. So check our social media. Yeah, to Twitter see. and Instagram. It'll definitely yeah. be on those two platforms, and probably. We'll check it in Discord, but it's harder yep. with Discord because we post everything we do in Discord. So Discord gets uh, that like you know group text chat uh, yes. kind of vibe where it's like yeah. if you miss a day, you just accept the fact <laughs> that there are things you've missed. It's like oh, come well, back to it later. If it's really important, someone will tell me about it. Um, <laughs> anyway, we have an incoming transmission from the deep depths of the galaxy from the Space Commanders. It's time to get commanded. Thank <laughs> you. 
mapping indicates there are things that Commander players choose to keep secret. What are your secrets, and what can we ascertain from them? That is terrifying. <laughs> Straight up, what are you hiding? Brain Walton mapping? James? They said brain mapping. They didn't say brain scanning. They said brain mapping. That like implies that they don't need to scan. No, they just, kinda they like, just have the map. Of um, all of our brains? <laughs> anyway, they want to know our secrets. And I guess like what... In classic Get Commanded fashion, they want to know what we can There's learn. There's a lesson in everything. There's a lesson in everything yeah. and a lesson in, in the secrets we keep, I so guess. So I guess this is one of those kind of like back and forth, take it in turns. Yeah. You have a thing, I have a thing. Yes, we all have things. Yeah. Well. All right. I reckon we just have to take it in turns, but let's give it like a bit of a structure. Okay. So like an idea. So I guess the first thing that we'll have to do is confess one of our secrets. Of course. Um, This is going to be a bit challenging i guess because yeah. we're gonna have to dig into the the dark parts of ourselves <laughs> uh find out what we've been hiding from not only each other but like other the players world. the yeah, world the our world listeners. at large um yeah we might not even have told these secrets to our own play group even. no these are definitely i mean not like deep dark secrets but things that we just don't say out loud mm. i guess is probably a big part of it i guess we should touch on why it is a secret like why yep. we haven't what, told ke- what kept it inside? Yeah. yeah. Why? Why didn't we let anyone know about it? And I guess the yeah, the classic get commanded slant is how can we learn from this confession and yeah. how can we get better moving forwards? Now how that can we, we know have that? better games because yeah. we are aware of this and we can improve on ourselves. I guess this is kind of like a. Welcome to the Get Commanded Self-Improvement Podcast. <laughs> you can buy our book that has 30 blank pages that you can fill out yourself uh, for just nineteen ninety nine on Amazon. Positive affirmations. Um, yes. Anyway. <laughs> I was so expecting you to do like an ASMR uh, thing there. I Look, they've had enough of that. I all think right. the listeners. <laughs> Should we? All right. All right. You go first. I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> I was going to say I'll go first, but I'm actually quite nervous to okay. like start this. My, All right. My hot takes in the hot takes episode were blistering hot. Yes. And I caught some flack. So you you admit your sins. <laughs> Confess. I've got to be the one up the front this time. Um. Oh, gosh. Speaking of CDH or hot takes, uh, this one maybe is another one. I mean, look, for those who know me really well, maybe it's not that shocking. Um. I always hate combos, even when I tell you it's fine. Even Tornos ones? Yeah. No. <laughs> look, okay. I look. I the reason I kept this a secret is I don't. I don't share. Like it's that classic. Um, you know what's the phrase that your parents always use? Like if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Sure. I'm not saying it's that, but I I, I kind of have a version of that that I sort of live by, which is like if there's not a productive outcome from sharing this. Mm-hmm. Like a reasonable thing you can ask of someone, then is it worth even saying? So I, I obviously like will still vent about stuff to my partner and everything, but yep. I will tell her like, hey, I'm just venting here. Like I don't yep. need solutions. I like, don't need advice. Just nah. be a be a wall that I can throw stuff yeah. at. Yeah, <laughs> and I know I can't fix any of this. Yeah. Like this is just my life right now, and like I've chosen to live it this way, and this is why I'm annoyed about it. You know, like sure. so. I guess I I don't tell people like if someone wins with a combo, I don't want to be like, oh, why'd you do that, idiot? You know, like. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's a reasonable thing for me to ask of someone mm-hmm. to not do combos because I think I've already asked enough by, you know, we, we are big proponents of rule zero, um, which means that at least when a combo happens, you know, it was, it was on the card. So like, like, yeah, like, you know, if, if you're doing a good rule zero and you have combos that are infinite instant wins, is that, I'm assuming that's the kind of yeah. combo you're talking about. Yeah. Here. Yeah. You're in, not talking about combos. like, yeah, 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 you're not talking about like an insane, awesome value piece. Like, no. I don't know. Orcish Bowmasters plus a wheel. No. That's like not an infinite, doesn't win you on the spot. No, no, But no. does like 21 damage wherever you want it. Yeah. That's pretty sick. No, talking specifically about infinite or, you know, near infinite combos. The mm. kind of combos that are likely to bring the game to an end. Sure. Um, yeah, these are the combos that come up in, ideally, if you do it right, in our Rule Zero template that we are big proponents of. When we ask, how does your deck win? That's certainly where you should be saying, oh, like, you know, it might normally be combat damage, but I do have this infinite mana combo in here yep. and that kind of thing. I, I guess I, I've kept this a secret because I don't feel that there's much more I can ask of people. Because you've already done the rule zero. Yeah, I've, I've asked and people- And you should feel better about it being highlighted. Yes, and I do. I yeah. do. Like, if I lose to an infinite combo that I was aware of, it does feel better than it Not normally does. Not knowing it was coming. But, like, seriously, every time a combo ends the game, I'm just like, okay, 
Sure. It's a bit of a, that game felt like a nothing for you. Yeah. And like, it's not always. And there are times where I've gone like, okay, I see the steps you had to go through to find this. And like, I haven't seen that happen in that way before. But as a general rule, I just don't like them. Yeah. And yeah, when I see them, I'm just like, all right. I will say... I probably should have been clear here. CDH, obviously, I don't care. Like, Yeah, that's a different... It's a different way of playing. It's yeah. a different mindset. Walt's mindset on combos is in a casual sense, but CDH has the mindset of anything goes. Yeah. You can't play CDH without that mindset. No, no. And so, it, it would be very silly of me to keep getting upset about ending the game ending with a combo when almost all CDH yeah. games will end with combos. Well, then you're not playing CDH. No. Everyone I'm else is trying to play it. CDH. Yeah, and you're and I'm, not. Yeah. I'm policing the table and so some way um so what can you what can we do to learn from the fact that you don't like combos infinite instant win combos in mm -hmm. casual how can your games and other people's games be better because of this what's the lesson i think (laughs) i sort of already knew this i think i just need to avoid the higher end of the power level scale which i sort Mm -hmm. of already do um, but you know, lately, especially we've gone to, to a convention, obviously in CanCon, it's harder to be, um, to be selective about who you play with and yep. the power level that you play in. You kind of just have to match what, whoever's in front of you. Cause that's the pod, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so I was ending up in more games like this, but yeah, I, I think I just need to be really um, upfront with myself and say, look, if it's not CDH, I'd kind of rather be playing a pretty low powered game yep. and I probably just need to be really even more actively searching for them. You know, like yeah. not just being like, oh, I hope I find one tonight. Find like, the play group that does play those janky weird yeah. decks. And actively, you know, like when I'm going to the game store, like message someone and be like, hey, if you can hold a spot for me, I know that your uh, Tornos deck is kind of the power level I feel like tonight. Can mm. we play that tonight? Rather than like sure. sitting down with someone, they pull out their deck, describe it. And I go, I know I'm going to have a bad time. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I need to be like clear with myself and not pretend I'm, not, I'm someone that I'm not. You know what yeah, I mean? I yeah. think I think that's a fair like thing to take away from this. I think that you're trying to just make sure that you're having a good time with other people that also want to have the same kind of good time. Yeah. I think that's like the the best piece of advice for like if you're playing at a kitchen table, these problems usually don't come up. So maybe mm. like kitchen table magic is like the best place for you. I think it probably is. Yeah. yeah. But like game stores and conventions you have to put in a little bit more effort. And I think that mm. maybe that's the, the lesson is you got to put in that effort of finding the right pod. Yeah. And probably like, to be fair, the, the appeal of the LGS and the convention is you just rock up and you know, there'll be people to play with. Whereas yeah. like the, the sort of, tough bit about kitchen table magic is you have to line it all up you know yeah. someone has to have a table and have a few hours spare and invite everyone and message everyone and coordinate times and, and send be willing addresses. to put in the pizza order yeah <laughs> yeah like there's 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 um some work associated with hosting but maybe i've got to put that work in more often i guess yeah i i love you do have a group chat that hasn't been used yet this year um has it not i don't think we've used that group chat yet Gosh. we've got like a a kitchen table group chat uh from like just with walt now as friends um and i love that kitchen table vibe that's yeah awesome. oh and it's like just the right am- an amount of people in the group chat where you know that you'll find a game but it won't it's very rare that it's like 10 people being like i'll yeah. play and then you're like ah how do i choose which three which sometimes we have one pod sometimes we'll have two but yeah. like usually it's four people and it's perfect yeah absolutely perfect all right um i've uh i've ripped the band-aid off it's your turn okay What's your, what's your confession, James? I've got one, but I hate doing this, especially on a friggin' podcast. If we were just doing this <laughs> in private, I'd be totally fine to tell this to you. But I know that the people I play with and like people at conventions are going to hear this. My confession is I use politics quite a lot when I'm about to win. <laughs> and I guess I'll go straight into why I kept this a secret. Sure. Ages ago, on one of the early episodes of Get Commanded, I said that I use politics a lot when I'm about to lose. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in this vein of I was admitting something for the point of in no. a, a broadcast. Or you offered that up yourself. I yep. just said it because I was like, okay, this is, you know, part of the information that I can give to this group, right? Mm-hmm. Um and now everyone knows my secret that I use <laughs> politics when I'm about to lose. So I had to learn how to stay quiet when I'm about to lose and go for more of a fly under the radar type approach mm-hmm. with my gameplay, especially in that, oh, shit, I could die to yeah. someone just swinging out at me. Yeah. And obviously, the other reason why I kept the secret is naturally you don't want to reveal your hand, right? Like, mm. you know, you don't want to 
you don't want to tell people your secrets of how you play because yeah. then they'll be able to figure you out. Yes. And kind of like use you a little bit. Especially on a public forum like this. <laughs> exactly. So like when I said that secret of I use politics when I'm about to lose, it made me change how I play. So then I kind of switched it to playing to use politics when I'm about to win. Like instead of keeping me alive, I use politics to get me over the line. Right. Um. The other thing is I didn't really want to tell people that I... Like, after a game, when we, you know, finish a game and I win, I don't want to be saying, oh, a big part of the reason that I won there was because you were an idiot and thought I was <laughs> uh, thought I was telling you something truthful or, yeah, like, you know, something right. like that. But I kind of tricked you with my politics. Mm-hmm. I don't want make people to make... I don't want to make people feel bad. I don't want pe- mm. people to feel like I'm using them. Sure. So, that's why I kind of kept it a bit of a secret. <laughs> Do you think there's an argument that it feels worse to know that you're doing that and not telling us? A little bit, but <laughs> but, but you're telling us now. I am telling you now, and this is this is like part of it. Like I, I'm confessing that there are probably games that if you've played with me, I may have won because I convinced you not to, to do something, something or and, yeah. you know, like I've I've had so many situations where I've had a permanent on my board that's super problematic. Mm. Maybe you have pointed out to the table that it is problematic. <laughs> you and will. I've convinced the rest of the table that. Walt's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> it's fine. It's not going to deal. It's not going to do anything to you. But over the course of three more turns, mm. it did stuff. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, a great example of this is Dragon Spark Reactor. Uh, <laughs> that card that card always is the the win card. Yeah. Oh, a good like, chunk of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It builds up a bunch of charge counters. You can sack it to do a bunch of damage, but it it has to do it over time. So mm. if you get rid of it early, it's, it's terrible. Let's kind of bolt two opponents or yeah. bolt an opponent and a creature. Whereas yeah, late game it can be like okay, uh, you and your creature and both your opponents take 12. Yep. Can, can be, be pretty rough. Um, how do we how do we make our games better as a result of knowing that you do tend to politic when you're about to win? Look, I think now that I've said that I use politics in both areas, mm-hmm. I actually think confessing this on a public platform has done me a service because now nobody knows when I'm going to use uh, politics. <laughs> I that's think- the real ulterior motive you had here <laughs> was for people to not know. To reestablish that <laughs> I am an enigma. You'll never figure me out. Um, but I think the thing that I really want to start doing with politics, especially in casual, I think CDH again is the exception to the rule here, mm. but in casual commander, I think I want to use politics to make a game fair, mm. um, to, to give more of a round table discussion right. than a, I've brought you into my meeting room. I'm sitting at the head of the table and I'm commanding this political gotcha. deal. Yeah. Um, I think that like... For me, that will avoid that thing of I don't want to make you feel bad because if I've made a fair assessment of a threat, even if it's on my board, you can use your own judgment. Mm. That's still politics, right? That's still table talk. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, you know, maybe something I've started doing to kind of lead into this, I've I've become more of a backbencher in political com- com- conversations at the table okay. at the moment. Like, I've not been <laughs> an active leader in the political discussion. I've more right. been like, hey, well, what do you think of this? Ah, okay. And I've started getting it's people like, to talk. Right. So you're sort of like instigating the conversation, but not leading it. Yes. Yeah, I, exactly. I guess that's the one th- way that people who are really good at politicking. And we, to be honest, we saw this a couple of weeks ago in that CDH stream when we were um, spectating Cooley. Uh, oh, my our God. Friend Kulikovsky. That was some incredible politicking. He, but <laughs> the, the, the thing that was happening is people were pointing out in the chat, like, okay, David's... D- d- uh, David Cooley is the name here. David's d- um, driving this conversation so, so hard that people either, um, like, completely distrust him or just check out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they just go like, I'm not even talking to you anymore. I can't engage with this. Whereas you can, there's probably a, a, a more astute and maybe more polite way of doing this in casual games is to, yeah, to check in on the pod and go like, hey, what do you think of this? Hey, you've got priority right now. Yeah. Do you want to do anything? Is there anything you want like, to do? And, and just make it than, super chill. Yeah. Not, not forceful. You're not, you're not coming at, you know, you're not in the Senate screaming yeah. at the Speaker of the House or like, you know, like, yeah, it's. It, it's more of a passive approach to politics. Mm. I think I still want to engage in politics. That's yeah, a really fun part. Yeah, it's part of who you are as a commander player. And it's part of the game as well. Yeah, but I think I want to dial it back a bit because sure. I think my approach in recent time, like, you know, over the years has been quite aggressive and upfront. Mm. I think that's another thing I think I can learn from this is some people, regardless of if they command play commander or not, some people are just shy. Yeah. And I think 
with like politics being a part of the game, that can be a whole reason why someone doesn't want to play Commander in the future. If mm. they go, wow, that was a part of this game that freaked me out and I yeah. don't want to play anymore. And it sort of was like engaged with at a level where the stakes felt so high. Yeah. And or, you know, the other thing that can happen is if, if you're shy and someone is leading the conversation and um, just like you know, reeling off all the reasons why someone should do something, you just might not feel as a shy person that you have the tools to adequately, enge- like, debate, really. Yeah. Like, debate the like, politics I don't that's have happening. The, I don't have the conversation skills, the, yeah. even the vocabulary to, to, to be lay a part this of this conversation. And, yeah, yeah, and to, to, to put in a good fight for myself. And so they can tend to sort of just sit there and then suddenly it's like, oh, my stuff got removed because someone convinced someone else to do it. So, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think it's really great that you're aware that this can be a problem. I'm not saying it is. And always has been. I think it has been in the past, though. Right. Like, I think okay. I think there has been some situations where that could have been. So- Don't yeah. know for sure. Didn't yeah. ask the person. Sure. Probably should have. But yeah, I, I'm happy to admit that. Yeah. No. Well, I I think being aware of it will make a, a world of difference. Yeah. Definitely. To the to the players that I play with and to me as well. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Your turn. I do. Right. I feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> so many more. Um. I, <laughs> I don't always follow our advice. Okay, the funny thing is, I already kind of knew this one. <laughs> I think the, the the thing about being a content creator is you say all of this stuff, you preach all of this good yeah. these good things, <laughs> and then you get into a moment and you're like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't even think about that episode no. uh, at all. Look, I, why did I keep this a secret? It's pretty obvious. It kind of goes against the entire premise of the <laughs> podcast, which is that the space commanders send us a directive. We interpret it. We send it out to all of you to help you to improve. And we improve in the process as we learn these new things about ourselves. It's all a facade. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that like that all the advice you is never bogus. Follow and, advice, or I yeah. never follow. I guess I'm saying that like it's some of the advice we give is really hard to follow, you know. Okay. Things right. like, you know, when, when we've talked about getting tilted and all of the tips we had for getting tilted, like yeah. to, when you're when you are tilted and you're annoyed about something, it's very hard to it takes a a lot of awareness to go, okay, I'm going to apply the tools that I know will help me right now, you know. It's it's, it's one of those easier said than done kind of things. 100%. And you know, in a similar vein like we did the noticing absence episodes a, f- uh, a few episodes ago, uh, and we were talking about, you know, when you look at the cards on the table, you should think about what they represent about people's hands and their strategies and their game plans. And it's like, that's complicated. That's some <laughs> high level stuff. And and it's it's funny from an academic perspective, you can read a textbook about commander gameplay yeah. and stuff like that. This podcast is effectively writing textbooks for commander. Yeah. But- even academics at the highest level that, you know, that are studying the, you know, the, you know, interworkings of society and that yeah. kind of stuff, they don't fully grasp the concept in practice. Oh, yeah. They can see it in theory, yeah. but they can't practice it. And that's fair. Yeah. Or, or look at the way that um, pretty much every philosopher ever has lived their life. Yes. They, they, what they said about morality and how you should live your life <laughs> and then how it played out <laughs> yeah. in terms of, you know, like drug addictions and um, being very kicked out on the street. Like, you know, different things. <laughs> very, very challenging life. But they obviously understood what they should be doing. I guess I'm I'm kind of with you on this one a little bit. I'll kind of claim this as a bit of a confession. Okay. We did an episode ages ago called The Second Threat uh-huh. about how you shouldn't be the first threat, but you should be <laughs> the second one. Yeah. I'm always the first threat in the game. Yeah. I always screw that up. And Everyone points it out every time. <laughs> we, we, we taught them the tools to describe the problems that we encounter. Yeah. So they tell us about the problems we're encountering. I guess that means we're doing a good job, yeah, right? That's good. <laughs> it's working for all of you. Yeah. It's not for us. No, it does work. And look, I, I, I guess what we can do about this or how we can make the games better moving forwards um, is basically what my therapist has said when I've said a similar thing, where I've gone in and spoken to him and gone like, look, I know all the things I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm not doing them. Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and also, like, I feel like I'm wasting my time being here because you've told me all the right things to do. And he was like, no, it takes ages to change the way that your brain works and the way that you approach problems. And it's okay to need to check in and, and continue to learn stuff. So, yes, how are you going to make our games better? Just acknowledge that change and learning is sl- a slow process and it takes work. And you, you won't transform overnight because nobody can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then the same for me personally, like I'm directing it out all to all of you, but yes, for me, I need to acknowledge that as well and just keep on actively trying to be a better player while also knowing that it's not going to happen overnight. And also I think is like a general thing is 
rely on the the players that we play with that do point it out. Yeah. Listen to them when they say, oh, didn't you say don't become the first threat? <laughs> you just deployed a Phyrexian uh, Praetor on yeah. turn five. That's like usually a first threat kind of <laughs> deal to do. So yeah. yeah, maybe just listen to your opponents when they point it out. Yeah, yeah. definitely. All right, your turn again. All right, we'll do one more and then we'll take a break. Okay, that's right. good. Um, this kind of relates to your first one, actually. Yeah. I really enjoy combos. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes uh, I, I'll put them in decks, like I put combos in decks. But sometimes, and this is the bit of a confession, I don't deploy them because I feel bad. Oh, this is very related to my yeah. one. <laughs> I, when you were saying it, I was like, oh, this might come up later. Yeah. Um, so why would you keep this a secret? Well, look. Mainly because I don't want to upset my playgroup and mainly you. Because, um, like, I know, like, I know, you know, you've said to me in the past that Tornos it has combos in it that are fun and yeah. cool and stuff. But, like, I can see it in your eyes deep down <laughs> when you when you lose to me going infinite on turns or, you know, producing near infinite amount of mana to sink into a Memnarch or mm. something like that and start stealing lands. Um, you do get that, like... Oh, that kind of made the game feel a bit shit. And so sometimes I'll see a combo in hand and I don't play it because I'm like, actually, I think the game will be more fun for the rest of the table if I just don't play out this combo. Right. And I've done it a few times. But like the thing is, I've realized that sometimes I just play cards and not intentionally use them as combo cards, more mm. of a value piece. Yeah. Like, you know, Voltaic Key, Kelpie Guide, these yeah, cards yeah. that untap, untap things yeah. or, you know, cards that um, do multiple triggers or stuff mm. like that that layer on things that aren't necessarily infinite combos, but do combo with other cards, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think sometimes I don't even realize there's a powerful combo, whether it's infinite or not, mm. until it's a part Half of it's in my hand and yeah. half of it's on the board. And I'm like, oh, shit, I could like win the game here. Yeah. And it's like turn six. And I'm like, oh, I kind of described this deck as a turn eight, uh, nine winning deck. Okay. So so part of the problem here is that there's like an issue of representation of your deck. Of my own decks. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, because I see what you mean. Like the, the synergy pieces you include are often the same cards that would be combo pieces. And Correct. sometimes are combo pieces in the deck. Yeah. Gotcha. I think I think the, the jumping straight into like what I can learn from this and what I can do to make better games and even improve my rule zero discussions. Mm -hmm. There is an incredible website called Commander Spellbook uh -huh. <laughs> that I neglect so often. Yeah. You can literally throw in your Moxfield deck list into Commander Spellbook. Mm -hmm. It will analyze the list and it will find any combo, infinite or like near infinite, that's like that can be produced by the cards in your deck. Mm-hmm. And, like, I chucked in my Tornos deck to this as, like, a am curious. Yep. I thought that the main infinite combo in that deck was the infinite turns with Magistrate mm -hmm. Scepter. Yeah, yeah. Where I can keep taking turns to put charge counters on it to yep. keep taking turns. Yep. Um, there was heaps. Yeah. There was, like, there were cards where I could basically uh, get uh, tons of lands out of my deck. Right. Um, like, by, like, tons of lands, I think it was every basic from my library I can put onto the battlefield. Wow. Uh, in Is It as well. Yeah. Like, holy hell. Um, and there's, like, just other stuff where it's, like, I can, you know steal people's permanence permanently or lock them mm, away and stuff like Nemnark that and stuff like that yeah yeah it was it was kind of like an eye-opening thing of like okay wow i knew that these cards were here but mm. when you see it it's like you know this card plus this card plus one more equals you win the game yeah. i'm like hmm maybe i'm misrepresenting this deck a little bit in conversation right. gotcha and then i looked and i was like okay well i have a few tutors in this deck like i have the inventors fair mm. um i have expedition map which tutors yep. a land which can yep. get expedition uh, which can get inventors fair yeah look so, so so putting plugging the decks into commander spellbook will let you at least understand and let you have better rule zero conversations mm. and also i guess then you know when you're close to the win you'll know you're close to the win rather than yeah. sometimes drawing that last piece of the combo and going oh i'm about to go off if i play this card and i think the other thing is like for me I think I should encourage a little bit more combos or combo players in my playgroups. Right. And players that I play with more often. Because I think, 
especially being on this podcast with you, and this is not mm. a, a detriment to you not liking combos. Mm. Walt and I are, believe it or not, different two people, individual <laughs> humans. Walt and I are not the same person. Mm. We we you know occasionally hold hands in public, but that's a different <laughs> thing. But like, I think that being on this pod with you has made it that people might take some of your opinions mm. and think that I hold the same ones. Sure. And I think sometimes people like avoid playing combos with me because they know that Get Commanded has said that they don't like it before. Right, yeah, yeah. But I think that for me, I'm like, actually, no, I don't mind those higher power tables. It, I still love casual. I'm not mm. talking about CDH here. Where, yeah, people can win from an infinite combo. Mm. I love seeing that interaction. I love seeing them sandbag the for a couple of turns to make yep. sure they can deploy it at the right time. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe I just need to encourage my players to start playing the combos I know that they love as yeah, well. Yeah, sure. And just kind of build a bit of a culture around it. And maybe also, maybe encourage you, because I, I I think we play the most together. Uh, I, yeah. I would say that me and well, you the, probably... The, the Experiment 50 games showed yeah. that, at least for me, yeah. I think, yeah, me and CDH might differ a little bit. Mm -hmm. We'll see if we do another data-based episode. We're yep. still recording games. But, yeah, I think maybe saying, okay, well... Try one of my combo decks. Try Tornos. Mm. Try playing Tornos. See if you like playing against another deck that's at the same power level. Because personally, I think for you, it's about balancing power. And it's mm. about making sure that your deck is at the same level as everyone else. Because mm. when you play CDH, you don't care if someone wins at a combo. No. You know? So maybe there's a world where we can play two completely different power leveled games where there's no combos in one game mm. and combos in another and then we can both enjoy both games. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I think that, yeah, the basic thing of this is, you know, I should really understand what's in my decks. Yes. <laughs> really understand more. That's probably step one. Yeah. And I think there's, there's. I mean, I've been doing this thing for a while. Um, If I have an infinite combo in the deck, like, for example, in my Scorpion God deck. Mm -hmm. You've got Nessa Scarabs and... Yogmoth. Um, Yogmoth, Throne Position. Yeah. What I'll say to the table, especially during Rule Zero, is like, hey... I've got an infinite in here. If you want, I'll flip one of these cards upside down and it'll be a basic swamp for the mm. rest of the game. Yeah. Um, like it, before the game starts, I'll yeah, just yeah, flip yeah. it upside down in the sleeve and say, this is now a basic swamp. It's a pretty easy way to, it doesn't necessarily detract from the power level of the deck massively, but it does detract from the explosiveness of yeah. it. Where and then you I can't go infinite. Yeah. Because like both cards are synergy pieces on their own. Yeah. But so they individually combo. in the deck, they still work. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. now I get to play with these awesome, powerful synergy pieces, yeah. but not necessarily threaten a win from them. Yeah. No, yeah. that makes sense. Um, we've been talking for, for about 30 minutes now. I reckon mm. it might be time for a thrifty interlude. It's a short little, you know, thrifty interlude. It's commonly referred to as a break in, uh, Limp Biscuit famously said you should break stuff. So, well, <laughs> let's break some we're stuff. We're going to break some stuff. <laughs> uh, we've got a bunch more confessions for you, but before that, we're going to hear a little something about a thrifty card. Uh, and this week we're breaking tradition and James will be assisting me with some dialogue. Am I going to meet the Kether Cowed Merchant? You're not. Oh. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> um, would you like to read the card we're featuring this week? I do. Funnily enough, we've mentioned Tornos. This is a great card in oh, my Tornos absolutely artifact Absolutely busted deck. in there. It's so much fun. It's Mimic Vat. For three generic mana, you'll get an artifact that says imprint. Whenever a non-token creature dies, you may exile that card. If you do, return each other card exiled with Mimic Vat to its owner's graveyard. Sounds complicated. Basically, whenever a non-token dies, you put the card under it. If there was already a card under Mimic Vat, it goes that, back to the graveyard. Put that back to the, your opponent's graveyard. Yep. Uh, then you can pay three generic and tap Mimic Vat and create a token that's a copy of a card exiled with Mimic Vat. It gains haste, exile it at the beginning of the next end step. I just can't believe she's gone. Oh, yes. Uh, a true shame. Yeah. Anyway. What, what are you doing? I, I'm putting her in my vat. What? My vat. She'll be back in a sec. She's dead, you moron. Not anymore. Look. What, 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 why is she running around like that? The vat makes her faster. It's pretty dope. Not going to lie. I don't want her to be faster. She's my nan, not a sprinter. Ah, well, it's just for the day. Oh, it's just a part-time resurrection, is it? Jesus Christ. Yeah, just like he did, actually. You don't have any boulders you need moved, do you? Get budgeted! 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 budgeted. <laughs> 
That's the first 50 Thursdays that made has made me laugh and not go, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I'm like totally fine with you resurrecting me, Nan, if yep. you want. Uh, just for the day, though. Just like Part-time Jesus. Part-time resurrection. <laughs> um, um, just, just quickly before we go into this, just sure. on the topic we were talking about before about combos and stuff, mm-hmm. just in the break, Walt and I were like, let's chuck Mimic back into spe- Commander Spellbook, shall we? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, in your own free time, check it out. Commander <laughs> Spellbook, uh, Mimic that. It's absolutely silly the things you can do with that, that card. That card is busted. Yeah, absolutely and busted. And super cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you enjoyed that and you'd like to feel thrifty, and especially if you'd like to feel thrifty on a Thursday, uh, I released those in text form in the Greensboro Commander Community Discord server. There's a Thrifty Thursdays channel. You can check them out and you can check out all the other ones that I've written at Sling, the little pin thing up the top. Yeah, this is definitely the most unhinged episode we've recorded in a while but it's all about <laughs> confessing our sins yes, it's very serious we've got true. secrets to divulge we do and i think it's my yeah i did the again. last one before the break uh, okay um <laughs> this one will not be too shocking to people who've listened to our podcast for a while because we did a whole episode on this but i'm still gonna say it i am tired of long commander games mm, i think this is like I can see why you're not actively telling the playgroup or talking more about this because it is... No. I, I think there are a lot of people that love the battle cruiser style, sit down for three hours. <laughs> three hours to me is just... Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm with you, is what I'm saying. If I've I'm got three you. hours, I'd rather play D&D. <laughs> yeah, <that's fair. laughs> or, you know, fair, fair. three hours of one thing. Yeah. Um, look, yeah, why do I keep this a secret? It's pretty obvious. I don't want to be the guy who's getting mad when the game goes long you know yeah. i don't i don't want someone to like cast the third board wipe and go like oh you know like, it's <laughs> how, that, again yeah. really farewell what an include yeah. in your deck Ugh. it's how i feel on the inside yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't help anyone to just like rage at people um and look the other thing is i really enjoy low powered games and i kind of don't want to admit that these those games of that power level are the ones that often go really long you're so right it is that it for sure is the games that don't end in like combos or really powerful effects these yeah. low-powered games that will see a board wipe happen more often because the way most low-powered games will win is through combat damage yeah. and it's usually pretty fair combat damage as yeah. well so yeah if you live in that that sphere of commander yeah which i said i'm i'm, I'm <laughs> avoid the high power stuff i want the low-powered stuff but you have to come to terms with the fact that the games can go so long I don't think they have to. And so I'm going to say that the, the way to make the games better with this in mind. Sure. That I don't like what can long we learn games, from this? The lesson of all this. I haven't used the commander clock in a while. And I think it might be time to bring it back. Oh, yeah. We we went through a bit of a phase, specifically after the episode where we talked about game length, where we yes. tried to include it in more games. Well, when I was doing the 50 games data, I had tracked whether I used the clock or not. And I, I don't know if you all remember, but... One of the things that we looked at was the average length of a game and whether the clock had an effect on it. And it had a huge effect on the mm. average length of a game, whether the clock was used or not. Um, yeah, I, it's, it, I guess I started to feel bad that I was imposing this on people because some people were getting really nervous and they would tell me so after the game. They'd be like, look, the clock made me make um, action so quickly I felt like I couldn't think. Made me and misplay. Yeah, I made misplays because yeah. I was in such a rush. And so I was, I was like, I don't want to force people to do that. But then the reality is, as a result... Not blaming these people, but the result of not using the clock and of people playing in this power level is that the games, they don't have to, but they can go for two to three hours. Yeah, I think this is the thing with the commander clock is that it's really good in theory, but in practice, it does have this weird effect on the quality of game. Like, yeah. the, the, the quantity of game is shorter, yes, but the quality of the game shifts because people yeah. are making, whether it's like you know, bad game decisions because they're afraid of the time Mm. or if it's, you know, and this is the other thing we found from the 50 data is the elimination by the clock is actually pretty low. People Mm. just afford, they, it's like a psychological effect when the clock's in play. Mm. It makes the game shorter because people go for wins quicker. They tend to sandbag less and all that kind of stuff. People just sort of play something out and try it. Yeah, go for it because you've got 10 minutes. Yeah, Yeah. whereas sometimes I think, and I'm certainly someone who's like this, I will wait until I know for sure what my right decision is. And the reality is magic is really complicated and you very rarely know exactly what your right decision is, especially in a commander game when there's people's boards 
boards and yeah. deciding where to remove things. Like that's the purpose of this podcast is helping you with some of that stuff. Well, you know, if we were, if we had a chess podcast, it would be really easy because chess is a solved game. Mm. A computer has figured out the best move in every single situation, yeah. every single time. Commander is not chess. No. It, it can't be solved no. ever. It's true. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess the other thing that I think I could probably do and that uh, you've pointed out to me before about some of the decks I built recently, some of my, be- my decks need better win cons. Ooh, yeah, um, okay. So, I'm really practicing... Maybe that's a confession <laughs> in of itself. I, it's a sub-confession for yeah. sure. I, I need to practice what I preach, you know? I tell We tell people on this podcast, like, ha- include win cons. You need yep. to bring the game to an end. I mean, episode one of our podcast was have a plan for bringing the game to an end. Um yeah, I probably need a couple more win cons in some of my decks that tend to dirtle a bit, especially my Bubble Saga deck and absolutely my Cotilda and Leah deck. The Cotilda and Leah deck is the one that I was like actively thinking about yeah. when you were saying that. I was like, that's a deck that it does a lot of mid-game stuff mm. and it does a lot of early game stuff, yeah. but does basically nothing in the late game. I did finally bite the bullet and just put actual factual overrun in the deck because yep. for 10 mana, if you have it, which you can in that deck because it ramps pretty well. Cast it, flash cast it back. It, and while well, you need more than 10 because you got to cast a human. So 11 or more. <laughs> two, two mana human, probably yeah. minimum. So 12 mana. Yep. You should win the game of 12 you mana. You should win the game of 12 mana. And now I can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I need to definitely include some more win cons as well. Okay, that's fair. Um, yep. That's a good lesson. I think that my next confession kind of ties to this. Oh, okay. Um, but it's a bit of like a... I also am tired of games going long. Uh-huh. But my confession is that... Um, I will often elect to lose rather than extending the game even further. Oh, so you're one of the like, okay, the writing's on the wall. I'm not going to cast this board wipe. Is that, you're that kind of a... That's, I, yeah, I'm that guy that, I know, and this is the thing, I usually don't reveal it because I don't want to take the win away from my opponent. I don't want to be like, I just... Oh, I could have been you if I did, yeah, yeah. If I had one more mana. Yeah, no, no, not not good to be that. So why why do you think you've kept this a secret? I guess that's that's one reason right there. I don't want to be that guy, you yeah. know, and I, I don't. I also don't want to be the guy that makes the game longer. Like, you know, you yeah. have you have that opinion of you hate long games. Mm. Lots of people hate sitting down for three, four hour games of mm. Commander, especially when there's already been two board wipes. Yeah. If I draw my board wipe and it's like probably the right decision to do a board wipe, mm. if I cast it again, I'm going to get people groan at me, and I, yeah. I don't want that groan. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, re- the other reason I keep keep this a secret is because I don't want to disrespect the integrity of the game. This is sort of what you said before, right? Like, yeah. you, you don't want someone to feel like, oh, the game is now, like, feels cheapened. The win is cheapened yeah. by the fact that James could have stopped it. So, you're better off just being like, oh, good game. Good game. Yeah. So, but the thing, and I think this is the thing that I can learn and make better game decisions and, and improve on. Because, like, I still hold the opinion that that I don't want this game to drag on for another hour. I'd rather mm-hmm. someone win. Yeah. The things that I've started doing is try and win myself instead of stop my opponent from winning. So right. if I have the board wipe in hand, the first thing that I check for is, can I win? Ah. And this is funnily enough. I brought up chess just before. This is something I learned from chess. Mm. There's a lot of chess theory that when it's your turn in chess, mm-hmm. the order in which you should look for things is you check for checks. Mm. Checks being in chess where you put the king in a position yep. where it where has, it has to, to move. Or, or you, a piece has to move in some way. To yeah. defend the king. Mm-hmm. Then you look for captures and then you look for defense. Right. So in those in that order, <laughs> you look for go- going for a win, mm. setting up a win or hurting your opponents more and then stopping your opponent winning. This is probably why I am absolutely awful at chess and also why maybe I contribute to the games going long. Um, when I play chess, I'm like, I've got to make sure I don't lose any pieces. Yeah. That's the first thing I'm looking for. And of course, if you spend the whole game trying to protect your pieces, you cannot. <laughs> and also you'll never win if you're just like, you know, your bishop is about to like check the king and you're like, oh, but the horse might take it. <laughs> Better move it. It's also a clear sign you don't play chess because you just called it a horse. I realized. <laughs> I realized after I said it. I'm aware it's called a knight. The horsey. But the, it's a horse. It's, Look it's at the, the piece and tell me that there's a man on that horse. It's a horse. Someone's, some chess pieces do. My Star uh-huh. Wars chess set has... Oh, uh, I've I got it's a, a TIE Fighter. I had a Star Wars. Right. No, the, the TIE Fighters are the uh, pawns. 
I think no, mine was uh, the pawns in mine were stormtroopers. Oh, yeah. I must have had a different one. I think there's probably tons. I think I played one where all the like it was rebels versus empire, and the yeah. rebels were all of the pawns were X wings, and oh, all of that's the pawns sick. were and the king, tie fighters. I'm assuming the king and queen were Darth Vader and Sidious. Yes, yeah, correct. Naturally. I think Vader was the queen, which <clears throat> absolute it, queen <laughs> slay Vader, slay Vader, Vader slay. <laughs> Look at those um, boots, <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm not going. We've gone so far. I know. Okay. Sorry. Yes. You've got to look for the win and not survival is what you said. And I think that that's something that I've started doing. But the other thing that I can do to help me look for that win is leverage politics in that Mm. moment. Like, you know, start revealing cards in my hand, which is a legal game action. I Mm. could, you know, there's this world where, you know, I draw that board wipe and the opponent that's about to win, I can go, wow. Okay. Here's my here's a card in my hand. Here's the blasphemous act. Oh. I could do this or we can go 1v1. You can kill the <laughs> opponents and we go 1v1. I board wipe next turn and then we do you think you can battle me one on one? Yeah. And I think that's something that I can do. That might be contentious. I'm not sure if revealing I kind of a card like in hand. That, actually, I think I like it though if, if I was making the deal. Like let's say I'm the, got the winning board So you've got here. a billion tokens. Yeah, you've drawn the board wipe and you're like, "Hey, I've got this board wipe." Let's go one on one. I would be going, sure thing, you can't ever board wipe. Whoa. See, that's, that's <laughs> I'm not when... gonna say like wait a turn. I'm not gonna be like, yeah, I'll be your pawn and attack out over yeah. here, and then next turn you get to win. I'd be like, no, no, no. This blasphemous act never gets cast, and I will kill your two opponents this next turn, but you gotta find your win. You gotta find an out that doesn't my board. resolve that spell. Yeah. See, like I love when politics can make a game more fair like what i was Mm. talking about in the first half of the episode like use politics to make a game more fair instead of dragging it out even more or like guaranteeing a win or guaranteeing your survival like that kind of thing it's more fair and it's more memorable as well yeah that's like a really good like that just that scenario which is a pretty believable scenario yeah i've got a blasphemous act in hand (laughs) and walt's got a board full of tokens yeah that has happened several times that's happened a million times (laughs) i love the idea of that yeah uh, being the debate well but also like the win is so much more memorable as a result like i i think i've told you a story i've I've probably told it on the podcast before is this the seguin yeah yeah yeah, someone was was gonna like I think blow up Seguin or they were going to do something to my board I was like clearly in the lead with my Seguin deck I was miles ahead and they were like I feel like I have to stop you and I was like I will literally never attack you for the rest of the game with Seguin and he was like okay and didn't board wipe or didn't remove my stuff or whatever I killed the other two players and it took like six more turns because I had to suit up every other knight in the <laughs> deck but I never attacked with Seguin and I still got the win and I you know that's a story that sticks out that's how many games of Commander have I played in the last you know three years well, hundreds, we know. Hundreds, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that still sticks out. That was at least like a year and a half ago now. Yeah. I also reckon I could probably include the Commander Clock thinking about it as well. Yeah. Maybe like just, you know, people trying to go for wins is incentivized by the clock. Yeah. Um, well, and you holding the board wipe, people might respect that decision more with the clock in mind. They might be like, oh, you've got five minutes left. Like if you board wipe... You're you not going to win, win either. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's it's about that like mutual respect at the table of yeah. like making sure people know that I'm not trying to extend the game. I'm trying to win the game. Yeah. Um, and and that's yeah. Maybe another confession is I just hate decks that make the game go forever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I respect that. Uh, my turn again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's do one more each. We've got we've okay. We've got, time for we got one a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a such an out for me specifically. Maybe a little bit of hot take almost. Um, my busted niche cards are probably not both busted and niche. Okay, are we talking specifically about Thrifty Interlude, Thrifty Thursday Look, cards? it's adding me a bit. Because <laughs> that's like part of your whole character yeah. in Look, our world. I want to clarify. So there are truly busted cards in our format, but they are expensive and they are not niche. Okay, we're talking about like cards like, you know, uh, force of will. Yes. That's like, a busted card. We know it's busted. Yeah. It's not niche, right? Yeah, sure. Then there are people who claim that certain cards are niche because they're not the effect. So, for instance, I remember seeing a, an episode of a podcast. I'm not going to say who because I don't want to out them. But there were... <laughs> Fellow it, content creators. Yes. You shall remain anonymous. But they were basically talking about ways you can make your deck a bit like alternative. Okay. And they were like, rather than play Sylvan Library, play Miri's Guile. What's Miri's Guile? Miri's Guile is a one-mana enchantment for a green. 
scene uh, where in your upkeep, you look at the top three cards of your library and put them back in any order. Oh, so it's kind of like a weird Sensei's Divining Top at every upkeep. Well, it's also like a, a Sylvan Library. You know, like Sylvan Library, yeah. if you're not paying the life, is look at three cards, put two back on top. Really. Basically, yeah, yeah. Um, but it costs one less. Anyway, they were like, this is this cool niche thing. And, I, and then I looked it up and it was like, this card is $30. Uh, Clearly, it's not very niche. Because <laughs> because it's a Sylvan Library substitute. Yes. Players that are looking to play Sylvan Library but can't afford the $70 yes. of a Sylvan Library go, hey, Miri's Guile is Kind of the same thing. Yeah, I'll just run that. Exactly right. But so then, like, okay, so that's busted, right? That's the busted category. Sure. So then, it, oh, well, but then the cards that are actually niche, you know, like not Miri's Guile, like, like, like the cards that are like only exist in this one deck. Yeah, like Teferi's Veil, you know. Yo, is that is a niche card. The enchantment in my Arami deck, there's like, like four decks ever that want to play this card. It's a two mana enchantment that says whenever a creature you control attacks, it phases out at end of combat. Amazing in an Arami deck because the, when creatures are phased out, they're treated as if they don't exist, but their triggers still resolve. So those creatures have a delayed trigger on the stack that says, mm-hmm. in the end step, sacrifice this creature. Can't happen because they're phased out, but the trigger resolves. So you just keep those creatures forever. Yep. So good in only Arami. Um, that card is niche because it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> the in fact any that it's good, other deck, yes, it is a bad card. Having your creatures cease to exist <laughs> after they attack is usually not what you want to be doing in Magic and in Command. There's probably like one other deck, maybe a deck where it like cares about creatures attacking, but you don't care about the damage. Totally. Maybe if you've got like a, whenever a creature attacks, do a thing trigger. Maybe that's a deck that exists. There are phasing decks. I know there's cards that care about things phasing in and out, like totally put it in there. But I'm saying like, it's niche. It's not busted. You know what I mean? I don't think that the cards (laughs) that I might tell you, like I've found this busted niche card. I'm lying. There are not (laughs) cards that are both busted and it's so rare. And then one is busted and and niche. niche. It's really, really rare. So why do I keep this a secret? Obviously thrifty Thursdays. (laughs) Is built on the idea that there are cards you haven't heard of that you need to play. But the other kind of subset of this is I want to feel like, like my decks are completely unique. And yeah. so I don't like playing cards in multiple decks of mine. If I can find an alternative to a removal spell or an alternative to a ramp spell in one of my other decks, so I, I don't have overlap between different decks, yeah. I will try to do that because I just I don't like the feeling of building the same decks over that's and over fair. again. So that's part of your character. That's yeah. it. you, you as a commander play a character you have very you're you're trying to show that you're a very unique deck builder yes. and i get i get why you're keeping this a secret but and so i want to live in this world where i found you know busted niche rampant growth grow uh, Rampant growth. I found busted niche rampant growth in the form of Edge of Autumn. (laughs) The The reality is rampant growth that you can't cast after you have five lands, even if it can cycle to draw a card, is probably kind of bad. Yeah. Um, Anyway. Okay. (laughs) All right. So what... (laughs) I get it. You're not good at picking cards. I get it. We get it now, Walt. You're a terrible deck builder. They're still interesting. They're still interesting. They're just not both busted and niche. They're niche, and I think they're cool, and they're like fun alternatives. They're not busted. Right. So, like, throwing them into some decks is great. But yes. What's the lesson here? What's sure. Like, what can you learn? What can you do better as a commander player when you're building decks and looking at cards or even evaluating cards? Sure. What's the, what's I, the lesson? Look, I, I think... First off, it's okay to play staples. Like, don't feel like you're being uncreative because you picked Rampant Growth and Disenchant. Like, they're staples for a reason. Mm. They're great cards that are cheap and affordable and efficient. Like Even the busted cards. Like, if you're running a Smothering Tithe, because you've got one and can afford yeah. one, yeah, Smothering Tithe is a sick if it's, card. If it's play good it. in the deck, like, by all means, do that. And it's okay to play staples if, yeah. if that's what you want to do. Um, but also, and this is more specifically for me, <laughs> you can love niche cards and think they're fun and interesting and want to play them and also acknowledge that they're bad. Okay, you don't have to go out of your way to justify yeah. why it's good. And look, like, most of the time when someone's like you know uh when i post the thrifty thursdays in the discord and someone will reply and be like hey isn't this kind of worse reanimate i'm always like yes but it's cheap (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's kind of the whole point um and so yeah like it's okay to live in this world where there are fun and different and alternative versions of effects that you might think are interesting and also you can just be upfront and be like i know it's not reanimate Mm. reanimate is reanimate (laughs) that's why it's played in goddamn nearly every black deck that exists you cannot compete with reanimate so why try basically yeah Yeah. i get you i get you all right we got time for one more one more i reckon um 
God, well, this also relates back to your one before where you said you don't take our advice, but uh-huh. I've got a very specific piece of advice that I don't follow. Sure. I feel really bad about it. I, I'm not going to say always. I'm going to say 80% to 90% of the time. Okay. Ramp, even if on turns one through three, I could play an impactful spell. <laughs> and I'd like to put a caveat to this and apologize profusely to pro Magic Hall of Famer Sam Black. I apologize. So, so the context of this secret is obviously the Mana Curvy episode. Yeah. Where, look, to be fair, we didn't say you must build a deck like this, but we explored the possibility... Of decks that run less RAM. Yes, but, but more impactful spells in low mana value slots. Yeah, so if you were to look at your decks on Moxfield, mm-hmm. have a look at the deck sorted and arranged by your Mana Curve. Yeah. Because I would have it a guess that there are cards in the one to two, maybe three mana slot... That mostly ramp. If yes. not, that's all they do. Yeah. Um, and we found that from that episode. Mm. And we were like, actually, there are reasons to run cards like, you know, really early effect game, really early low drop pieces that affect the game early. Yeah. And you can see why this is such a big thing. Like, look at CDH decks, for example. Mm. They run Esper Sentinel very frequently because it's yeah. a cracked card and that impacts the board really early. So I these- mean, and we even, like, in that episode, like, we were looking at... Um, the, what's the Demir Zombies pre-con? Uh, uh, Will Health. Will Health, the Rock yeah. Cleaver. And we were like, okay, this is not a deck that wants to cast its commander as early as possible. No. Because you want to have zombies. You want to have st- stuff to sacrifice. So low to the ground zombies is what you want to be doing. Yeah. And then and so- on turn five... Yeah. When you've got five mana, just by hitting a land drop every turn, yeah. you can cast your commander and then you're still doing the thing on curve. Yeah. you know. So basically we were just saying you don't have to ramp. But yeah, so <laughs> you're saying even if you have a good play, yeah. so it's turn one through three, you've got that Esper Sentinel, you've got that... I mean, Esper Sentinel's a turn one, so maybe that's a, a not, a not a good example. But let's say turn two, I've got, you've got an Arcane Signet. Or, or Blind you have, Obedience, for example. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you've got Blind Obedience or Arcane Signet. You will choose Arcane Signet every day of the week. Pretty much. <laughs> um, I said not every day of the week. I'll probably choose it Monday through Friday, but Saturdays, Sundays, I'll let my hair down a bit and play more impactfully. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying like 80 to 90% of the time, okay. I'll elect to ramp. And I think that... Yeah, obviously I kept this a secret because we did a whole friggin' episode on how we should go about that differently. <laughs> sure. The thing is, though, like, my mana curves in my decks, the mm-hmm. way I build, even listening to our own advice and trying to include more impactful one drops, two drops, and three drops, I still have a pretty high mana curve in my decks. That's right. just what I'm seeing. I actually went on my Moxfield the other day and had a look. Mm. Yeah, my average mana curve is still sitting at that 3.5 yeah. kind of an up section. And I'm yeah. like, okay, well... No wonder why I have this incentive to ramp mm. is because I want to be able to play those spashy spells that I included. Yeah, sure. I will also highlight, <laughs> this is casual focused, but this is really bad and this is really out of me <laughs> as a bad player, even though we just commentated on a tournament. Yeah. I will sometimes do this in CDH <gasps> and that is a Blasphemy. sin. I, you should, you know, if you've got a two drop that actually affects the game, like you, you've got if, a cursed totem if, or a Dranath Magistrate, yeah. something like that. You should Don't play your Signet. <laughs> play that instead. Yeah. You should be deploying stacks, pieces. So obviously I don't want to admit that because I want some credibility <laughs> to the fact that I top forward in a, in a CDH tournament you've still got it we yeah. we respect you that makes sense so how, how, do, how do we come out of this do you think how do, what's your way of learning from the the fact that you tend to ramp even when it might not be the right thing to do i think it's practice makes perfect i think okay. genuinely that's the big thing i mean like obviously looking at our advice i've followed a lot of that advice from a deck building perspective mm-hmm. i've looked at my mana curve quite specifically i've really tried to reduce it we found when we did that episode there were some of my decks that were sitting at four as an average mana yeah, curve. And like I high. really, really did try and reduce it. So I think that I'm following our advice to a certain extent. It's mm-hmm. just in practice. And I think yeah. I just need to practice it a little bit more. And yeah. I think that's totally fair. And I think that, you know, sometimes I, in the early turns, I'm so obsessed with sequencing. Mm. I'm so obsessed with things like, you know, the the order in which I play my lands or yeah, ramp out yeah. or get access to colors or, mm-hmm. you know, fix my mana in that way that I forget that three people are doing 
things as well. Yeah. Whether they're doing the same thing as me or making impactful plays, mm. I think that the thing that I need to get better on is tilting my head upwards and looking across the table through turns one through three. Yep. That's the thing that I think I need to get better on. That's fair. Look, I... I I agree that's a good thing to focus on fixing. I don't think you need to always because it's there's something to be said for the fact that you build your decks. Like I know you said your your curve is really high and that's why maybe you need to lower it. Yeah. But also because your curve is so high, ramp is better. Yes, if I do want to play those splashy spells, yeah. I should be ramping. I You're right. Yeah. I, I guess I think it's a good thing to aim for, but also I think it's okay to acknowledge like okay, I'm a bit of a Timmy. I like yeah, my big splashy plays and I like having the mana to make those splashy plays. Like we've talked before about the difference in the way that we build decks. You do just play like 15 rocks in your decks if yeah. you can. I think that's fine. Like I yeah, think it's okay. okay to build at a high curve if you have the mana to justify it. Because that was the main thing we found. It's like, oh my God, I have this deck that has like a 3.8 average mana curve and I have nine pieces of ramp in here. It's just not going to work, you know? I think, yeah, the, the, the way I'm visualizing it is inside me, there are two wolves. One is a spike, <laughs> one is a Timmy. And sometimes the Timmy <laughs> is just growling a little bit louder. That makes sense. All right. Look, we all have things that only we know. The small details about ourselves that we don't want others to notice. And that's okay. However, acknowledging them and granted you don't have to do this on a podcast <laughs> allows you to think about what you can change and change can be good especially if it makes others around you happier and you happier within yourself so space commanders command, command received. received i forgot to salute i had the, for the first oh time my God. ever i think i didn't put my hand and to my from head. the heavens a beam <laughs> of light James is dead. Uh, get commanded is now just me being strange. Um, listeners. That's pretty much what it was already. <laughs> I mean, not wrong. Do you feel commanded? What do you think of our confessions? And if you have any you'd like to fess up, we welcome them, of course, by getting in touch with us in a bunch of different ways. Twitter, Instagram, threads, at com Get Commanded on all those platforms. Uh, you can come hang out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Get Commanded, or you can go hang out in the Greensboro Commander Community Discord server, which is linked to the show notes. There's a bunch of cool things that we do in there and a bunch of really great people in there that you can talk to. Yeah, for sure. And if you like the content Walt and I produce and want to reward us for fessing up in this episode, you can do that directly via Patreon to say thank you for confessing all your secrets. <laughs> it's linked in the show notes. It is really the best way to support the content that Walt and I make and it will go straight back into the podcast. We've bought lots of great things just recently for um, the podcast with our Patreon money, like a new webcam for streaming, yeah. all of this kind of stuff. Uh, and also, we shout you out every episode, so we'd like to thank our patrons, Stella Tam, Fuzzy, Bottomless Potamus, and Fraser. And we'd like to make a very special shout out to Fletcher Cutting and Wizard Down Under for supporting us in the Space Commander tier. I apologize for not saluting. You are the best. <laughs> I hope they'll forgive you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and thanks to Palms Off Gaming. They sponsor this podcast. They make some really, really outstanding deck boxes, sleeves, binders, and all the good gaming goodies that you will need to protect your decks and your cool cards. You can check them out at palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get command. You'll get 10% off your purchase and support us at the same time. So that's palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded. Yeah, go follow their Insta. We might make an appearance on there soon. We're actually Ooh, yeah. about to do something yes, for them. Which will um, probably, honestly, by the time this podcast comes out, it might already be out there. Yeah. So yes, go check out Palms Off on Insta See as if well. you can spot us on their page. Yeah. But that's it. That's all the magic. I feel... Very exposed. I'd like to go back to a safe space. <laughs> a safe space. Sure. Uh, it's your turn this week. Where are we planeswalking to this We're week? We're planeswalking to a very safe space for queer people. It's RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we okay. were sure, amazed going back through the archives to find we've never talked about this in a planeswalk before because we were deeply obsessed with this show during lockdown. This was a weird, uh, like... A kind of ritual that we had after dinner um, when yep. we were living together in lockdown. Yep. Um, now, I want to highlight, I personally am a huge anti-reality TV show person. Uh -huh. However, I <laughs> fucking love RuPaul's Drag Race. Yep, it is like the, if you're going to pick one, pick this one. It is so good. So, I just finished watching um, RuPaul's Drag Race Should we, UK. Actually, for people that don't know, oh, tell okay. them what Drag Race is. Oh, my God. Like, if the you're, uninitiated. If you're queer, you probably know what yes. RuPaul's Drag Race you is. You either watch it or at least know about it. But yeah. yes, so RuPaul's Drag Race is a reality TV show where drag queens come 
on and compete in a series of challenges. They kind of in Survivor style get eliminated one per week. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do basically the things that drag queens do. So they do uh, acting, they do singing, they do dancing. They uh, make a lot of really outstanding um, outfits. Yeah. They do catwalks. The costumes uh, they- are like my favorite. When they have to do like, you know, they have, there's a cat themed catwalk that they yeah, have to do. And they, they have like to like, build a cat they, costume. Sometimes they have to make it in like a day. They've yeah. got to make an outfit and sell it on the main stage. Uh, and they also then lip sync. And the main place they lip sync is actually when they're about to be eliminated. Oh, the two yeah. bottom queens of the week have a lip sync song they've learned and they have to out lip sync each other. And it's always introduced lip sync for your life. Yeah, for <laughs> your life. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, anyway, they have, so there's like 18 seasons of regular drag race in uh, US. There's also been a few seasons of uh, All Stars, which is exactly what you'd expect. They've also done some ones overseas. So I haven't seen uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under, which is the Australian one. Yeah, I've um, still yet to watch that one. I as think well. there's. I think they're like halfway through the second season of that. But um, I just finished watching with my partner RuPaul's Drag Race UK season one. I uh, actually had no idea they did a UK one. Oh, mate. I thought it was like absolutely hysterical. You as someone who was born in the UK and sure. whose parents are from the UK, I reckon you would find it absolutely hysterical. Are there, are there drag queens with like Lancashire accents? And- oh, mate. There's everything. There was a there was a Liverpool, someone from Liverpool. There was Liverpudlian. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Talking in a Scouse accent. Um, there was, oh my God, there's someone from like, yeah, Birmingham and yeah, anyway. The was, Birmingham drag queen? Yeah, there was someone from Northern Ireland. Oh my God, that accent is like next level. Yeah. The no, way, there's like a particular undis- sound. Indistinguishable. There's like, when they say the word um, like no, like, like I know that Australians have a funny way. No. And you, yeah, you guys are like love laughing like, no. But um, Irish, <laughs> Irish drag queen would say it like, no. No, 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 no. I know about that. Like, it's like yeah, so wow. weird. Okay. Such a strange accent. I gotta anyway, watch this just for the accents of uh, drag queens. It was so good. Like, the their snatch game, which is when they um, this do is, impressions. They yeah. do a whole, like, panel, like, separate panel show within the show. They do, like, they, they basically drag queen as celebrities. So, yes. like, you know, one of them will drag queen as, like, Kim Kardashian. Yes. And th- they will put on the character of Kim Kardashian yeah. and play it up for this panel game show yeah but in character it's so funny it is hilarious so for a long time they only did women because it's there was sort of like a few bits of pushback when people like played men or like wore sort of masculine outfits on the Mm. main stage people were like this isn't you're not a drag queen anymore like you have to you know it's got to be fam looking that over time that perception has changed and rupaul's drag race uk comes out after like I think there was like eight seasons of regular Drag Race at this point. Well, I've not watched so much. We, we yeah. watched like three seasons in lockdown, but I yes. need to catch up. But the basically the attitude towards playing a man had softened a lot by this time. Mm-hmm. So on Snatch Game, I won't spoil too much, but someone does Donald Trump <gasps> and it is the funniest oh. thing. I Like it's the, comfortably the funniest Snatch Game I've ever seen because she's doing... Um, Donald Trump and someone else is doing Margaret Thatcher. No. And they integrate, they they interact with one another, and it is exactly how you would no, expect Donald so Trump funny. and Margaret Thatcher to interact. Absolutely hysterically funny. Um anyway, it was God, a- that's gold. I gotta watch this. Yeah. It was the usual fun time of drag race where you get to just it's reality TV and all the goofy fun things that reality TV offers, but in a really amazing queer space where people are expressing themselves and as a performer, you know, getting to see people sing and dance and do comedy, like uh, yeah. I just it's a if you're gonna pick one reality TV show, seriously watch this one. Yeah. <laughs> um just before we go though, I do uh-huh. wanna highlight the fact that Walt and I are both uh, queer men mm-hmm. um, and we've done a lot of work in making this podcast very clearly uh, an ally space where you feel comfortable if you are queer um, and you've found solace in our podcast and you feel like we're content creators you can relate to mm. um, please message Walt and I directly yeah. on discord we'd love to hear about that we, we something we really try to do it was just something we were talking about um, just before yeah. the second half of this episode we're really, really proud of it it's really important to us that people know that we're not just like passive allies we're like actively here for you so yeah and members of the community ourselves yeah so if you if you find us comfy then we'd love to hear about it yeah it <laughs> makes, it'll make it us just makes us feel good happy, there's yeah. literally no ulterior motive we don't need to hear like anything from you except like hey I like you <laughs> we'll yeah. be like 
like, thanks. We like thanks. you too. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and that's enough. Thank you. Anyway, uh, that's all we have time for. So we'll see you next Friday for another transmission from the Space Commanders. Goodbye, Commander Plates. Boy. <laughs>